because of foreign wars we wage. More to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people try to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damned. Right to self-defense They say you're stable but they don't make sense Dangerous one will not turn into guns All we need to know is that Broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you are having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful, but don't push me too far these days, host Tim Tap, trying to get live from historic Rome County, Tennessee. And we've already got crazy Cajun in chief, host of Simple Facts of Life, hanging out with me in the BTR chat room, and I would imagine we'll have a few more folks join us as we proceed. I, much like Cajun, I'm anxious to see if we uh, get that boycott that was promised last week from uh, New Orleans wake up. We'll see what happens there. Don't want to talk up the devil or anything, but uh, I do think that was kind of funny there towards the end. And uh, Cajun sent me a headline here saying Trump forced to change voter hotline. Uh, Yahoo story, interesting. Lots, lots of, lots of news breaking at the moment. I want to hit a few things real quick before I get into the uh, news that I uh, have in the show description. Things that are noteworthy: some world-class trolling by Secretary Pompeo. Uh, when he's being uh, asked some questions about the transition from administration to administration, uh, he told the crowd that, yes, indeed, there will be a smooth transition uh, to a second Trump administration. Who, not what they wanted to hear. Of course, the uh, Supreme Court of the United States uh, started hearing oral arguments in a case involving 
the Affordable Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare today, uh, that will be worth keeping an eye on, of course. And uh, other things transpiring, well, officially called just a little while ago, Trump did indeed win the state of North Carolina, according to the Decision Desk HQ. He's projected to win at this point. A lot of folks are officially calling it. Uh, Yay, good for them. Uh, Georgia Democratic Senate candidate is out there really making waves, refusing to answer questions about court packing, just flat out refusing to answer. And uh, he has been discovered to have made multiple statements slamming the police and speaking very highly, praising indeed uh, Jeremiah Wright. You remember Jeremiah Wright, don't you? You know, the black liberation uh, theology minister that Barack Obama said in his pews for years and years and years and years. Yeah, that that same Jeremiah Wright, who said that 9-11 was a result of America's chickens coming home to roost. Although he said it with a lot more passion and flair than I just did. Yes, indeed. All right. We also have the civil war between the Justice Democrats and the regular corporate Democrats still playing itself out on the sidelines. A few brave and bold souls are daring to talk back against AOC and the squad. But uh, more importantly, that you should know, we're being told by people in the soon-to-be Biden administration, if they have their way, that uh, AOC and her people will not be disappointed with a President Biden's agenda. And I'm sure that in some alternate reality where Biden does become president, uh, I'm still praying uh, hope against all hopes with a reasonable amount of confidence, but still not precluding the left's ability to lie, cheat, and steal. I'm sure that they would not because, let's face facts, Joe Biden is not setting the agenda. He was never going to be setting the agenda. And how do we know that things are so dangerous right now if, uh, if you're a conservative? How do we know that the <clears throat> socialists – I really don't think I can call them progressives anymore. I, I've always put the quotation over it anyway because they're about as progressive as my great-grandmama. Uh, you know, the one who thought that uh, we shouldn't go faster than 35 miles per hour because there's just no reason to be in such gosh darn hurry. Back when the locomotives were setting new land speed records, I'm, gosh dang, what do you need to go so fast for? Yeah, that level of progressive, that, that's just as progressive as the so-called progressives, the socialists, the Marxists actually are. So uh, we'll we'll see how things play out, but we know it's dangerous because – AOC herself led the way with calling for an enemies list. And today, CNN on air lists all the GOP senators who have not yet congratulated Biden. Now I'm wondering what exactly you're supposed to be congratulating him for. He's currently the nominee. He's currently nominee of the Democratic Party. He's currently still alive, breathing. He's currently still in the election process. He's been projected to be the winner, but 
I, like a lot of other commentators, uh, Chief included, who had a really good show earlier today. If you missed it, check it out in the archives. By all means, go to blogtalkradio.com. Uh, you can look up Simple Facts of Life. It'd be the easiest thing to do. Listen, he, he made some very good points and very cogent points and well worth listening to. Utilizing O.J. Simpson as the, uh, the trigger point for the conversation and did it very well. But uh, we don't have a president-elect, and yet everyone, including the soon-to-be-defunct Fox News program, because let's face back, Fox News, without the conservative audience, just simply cannot continue to exist. The ratings already took a huge drop over the weekend. We saw that firsthand. They canceled Judge Jeanine because she was going to come out with a very – full-throated, strong defense of Donald Trump and tell some truth. They had multiple hosts caught on hot mics, upset whenever somebody even suggested the possibility of this not being a done deal. But we've called it, so we do not have a president-elect yet. Calling Joe Biden president-elect is at, at the best, for you guys, premature. Because you don't actually have a president-elect until after the Electoral College has voted and that vote has been certified, period. And if there's not a conclusion at that point, then it goes to the House where each state gets one vote. So the delegations from all these states, they get to battle it out over who they're going to vote for. Believe me, Democrats not real happy with that possibility, which is why they're trying to convince you… Good people who may not be listening to a multitude of news sources, that it is a done deal. And to suggest otherwise makes you a criminal. Jake Tapper, Jake Tapper, the closest thing to a legitimate journalist left working in the legacy medias, made the very veiled threat that he should you be out there still suggesting that it's ride or die. Perhaps you should think about what that would look like to a potential future employer. Perhaps you should think about how that would look to your current employer as they're going to be under more scrutiny under a Biden administration too. Not so veiled threats. More hints from the media that these are dangerous times. Dangerous times. How did we get to this point, ladies and gentlemen? Well, we've chronicled it. We've we've gone along for the ride. There's been no surprise or no level of unexpectedness. We've been on this very slow, gradual slope. We've been seeing the value of incrementalism utilized by the left. We're here because the left is good at using pretty words to make you sound like you're the unreasonable one if you're going to stand on a principle that's even remotely conservative. If you're going to stand on a principle that's even remotely American. A bunch of folks on the left do not like the idea of the American dream. And i got to tell you, when CNN puts together a list of GOP senators who have not yet called 
Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. to say congratulations, creepy, handsy, grabby, barely there Biden, Uncle Joe. Which I'm sure they didn't use all of those words, but some combination thereof. How dare you not call Joe Biden and congratulate him? I ain't sure he's probably not going to know who you are. In fact, might even be mad if you interrupt his time with the fuzzy slippers and pudding. I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. Probably. Yeah, pretty much. But CNN does this? Not a surprise, mind you, but are we supposed to be comforted by the fact that these not-so-veiled threats are being made? That, of course, there's a hierarchy to who's being targeted, but guess what? Rest assured, your name has been taken. You are on the list, boys and girls, and you had better fall in line before we get down to your part of the list. Sure, major media outlets have called this presidential race for the former vice president, former senator, current business associate of China and others. Sure, they've called the race. And certainly, President Donald John Trump has not yet conceded defeat as the campaign continues to file lawsuits over alleged instances of voter fraud that may or may not have impacted election results. And we have to say it like that or we're immediately banned from the social media platforms. We have to acknowledge that, you know, even if there is some voter fraud possibly happening, it may not have been enough to impact the results. So why even look? Why bother? We bother because if you are involved with intentional voter fraud, you've committed a crime, and it should be a crime that is taken seriously, and, and it should be punished. There should be accountability, and the punishment should be at a level that is reasonable for the crime, but it should be sufficient enough to make people think, I might have got away with something this time. I don't know that I want to take the risk of trying to get away with it again because you just see what happened to those guys. That's why you do it. But the fear of being caught, instead of turning it into the standard modus operandi, you want to say, hey, guys, I'm taking a big risk for you. I hope the reward's worth it. CNN actually aired, and, and I'm fixating on this because they announced, they broadcasted an enemies list. They aired. So, so they can't even deny that they've done it. They can, of course, say, these are the people who are, you know, you should be paying attention to cancel culture on Twitter. These are the people you should be paying attention to. Antifa on the streets. These are the people that you should be paying attention to as the new order takes charge. That's what's happening here. Oh, but we're supposed to watch videos on YouTube of some crazy streaming lady convincing us that we're the people that history warned us about, that it's us. Scream, scream, screech, screech, maniac with no sense or brain and probably needs to be medicated. Yeah, that lady. I'm, I'm sure most of you guys saw that video. And if you haven't, by the way, uh, there is a link. It's it's a little ways back if you want to go to the Tap into the Thrift Facebook page and roll back a little bit. And do it before 
Facebook blackout day. Remember, you don't have to cancel your Facebook subscription. Just don't sign on to Facebook at all that day. Really get Mark Zuckerberg's attention. Join me over on Parler or Gab or Clout dot or clouthub.com or me we or any of the other places you want to do <laughs> literally GOP senators who haven't congratulated Biden they ran this list on a Chiron along with the Chiron Trump's defense no I'm sorry defiance fueled by enablers like Barr McConnell Fox of course, referring to the fact that Attorney General William Barr, the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, and Fox News, and I'm, I'm not sure exactly where on Fox News, CNN, where on Fox News are you getting some strong defense of Trump? Because the closest thing to a strong defense of Trump was Tucker Carlson the other night when he actually threw shade on some of the other hosts there for just cutting off people for again suggesting there might be a second side to the story. But we've called it. I can't in good conscience allow you to hear any more of these baseless accusations. I liked emphasis on past tense, liked Neil Cavuto. At least I always liked his show. But to hear that kind of a statement, I'm sorry, were they cutting off Barack Obama when they knew for a fact he was lying? No, no, no. They let him talk, and then occasionally people like Gutfeld or uh, a few of the others, many of which aren't at Fox anymore, would then after it was all said and done, critique it and debunk it, and then move on. But more information, not less, is where this is an advantage. More speech, not less, is the issue with suppression. I mean, literally, right now, if you trust CNN, if you trust MSNBC, if you trust ABC, if you trust Whoopi Goldberg, who's out there telling us on The View that we just need to suck it up like they did, I'm thinking, you know, you're right. We do need to suck it up exactly like you did, because for the last three and a half years plus, just a smidge more, you've done everything to deny that the results of 2016 ever happened. You've spent every day since that moment claiming Trump is illegitimate. You have created and cooked up schemes and conspiracies and tried to say he's a criminal and have yet to prove anything but went in front of cameras every time you had a chance saying, ooh, I've seen evidence. We've got him now. We're going to get him. But under oath, where there's a chance of being charged with perjury, a lot of these same people who knew things, who saw things, suddenly I didn't see Jack. And yet the American people still want to believe them? No, sorry, Whoopi. Uh, I, I don't buy oh, – oh, Hillary Clinton didn't go out and say this doesn't feel right. Stop the vote. Uh, well, you know, Hillary Clinton has said as recently as last month that she was robbed and that Trump knows he's illegitimate. She spent her entire time, except for that two weeks she was supposed to be taking a walk in the woods, talking about how she was born to be president and how this was stolen from her. So no – Sorry, Whoopi, you didn't suck it up. Did nothing but whine, bellyache, and melt like the snowflakes you are. Jeez. 
The truth of the matter is Donald Trump right now continues to fight legal battles in battleground states like Michigan, Pennsylvania, Arizona, and Nevada, alleging foul play during ballot counting and voter fraud, benefiting Biden. And there's been just enough stuff to prove that it happened to some degree in all of these locations and probably a few more, but it either wasn't enough to overcome or it really, really doesn't affect the outcome. But the races in those states are so close, so razor thin, and so difficult to take at face value, except for maybe Nevada. Now, again, I told you going in, Utah and Nevada have this unique situation where they have a lot of Mormon voters, and a lot of Mormons uh, still feel this kinship with Mitt Romney, who, by the way, has been offered a position in the Biden administration, just FYI, if you hadn't heard. He's going to be responsible for making sure health care is affordable for Americans. Oh, well, you know, Romney Care works so well in Massachusetts. And, you know, he really kind of ushered in the age of Obamacare. So why not? He seems like the perfect guy, regardless of what the Supreme Court decides about Obamacare as they hear this current case out, right? But uh, Utah went strong, Trump. But here's the deal Nevada, not so much. Pretty much up in the air, and the high Mormon population is probably going to be a deciding factor, and there's this identification with Mitt Romney. A lot of people feel like Mitt Romney should have beaten Barack Obama and would have if more of the um, evangelical Christians had showed up and voted, but they just oh, – I can't do it. It's Mitt. It wasn't about the religion, guys. It's about the fact that he was milk toast. It's about the fact that… He, much like a certain Arizona senator who's no longer with us, was all about wanting to be loved by the media, liked being called a maverick, wants people to love him more than he wants to stand on the principles that uh, he ran on, was elected to defend. So the question is, do the Mormons – Hate Donald Trump, or do they hate abortion more? And that was a tough position for these folks because they do hate abortion. Don't get me wrong, and, and I'm not knocking either group. I get how if you feel like somebody has insulted you or insulted your guy or somehow extended that insult to include you, that you might get riled up about it. You might hold a grudge, and you may decide, you know what, I'm going to vote for anybody else, anything else. And that's that's your right. It is. It doesn't make it right, but it's your right. I get to feel it. Tribalism is strong in this country right now, isn't it? So strong. So much tribalism. Now, I see several paths still available, and I've been hearing conversations with some of the folks that I've heard some of this from ordinarily are operatives for the other side, but – and. And they've been talking. There's some serious concern that should this get into the courts, that there's a very realistic chance that either a some of these uh, recounts end up correcting themselves, or b several elections are completely invalidated. Now that could create a whole big old mess, given the fact that the electoral college is supposed to vote by December 14th. So it could get real interesting, could get real sticky, and it could end up being that the House of Representatives ends up making this call. 
So should Donald Trump concede? No, clearly not. Is he doing anything wrong by not conceding? No, certainly not. Am I just saying that because I don't like Joe Biden and don't want him to be my president? No, that's not the only reason I'm saying it. I supported Al Gore's right to pursue his challenge, even though in his case, much worse, he had actually conceded and then took back the concession. Although, yeah, I forgot. Uh, According to the rules of the legacy media and all the social media platforms, I'm not supposed to remind anybody about Al Gore either. That's a no-no. Oh, no, because only Donald Trump has ever been upset about the results of an election. Please. I don't care how many media outlets call the race for Biden. I don't care how many media outlets decide that I'm a deplorable or I'm a punk or a sucker or a chump or whatever new Uh, deplorable 2.0 terminology they want to use, go ahead. But you, CNN, you, NBC, you, CBS, ABC, you guys don't call the race. The race is determined in the Electoral College, and the states determine who gets sent as delegates. And the states have to get their stuff together, and there's clearly been widespread shenanigans. Is it to the point that you can reach the level of the burden of proof required to establish that in a court of law and it be significant enough to overturn the election? That's what we've got to do this to go find out. But if you're somebody that is all dancing in the streets because you think Joe Biden is the guy and that we should just sit down, shut up, and uh, in the words of Whoopi, just suck it up… then that's not a very American place to be. And if you're supposedly trying to save America from the wild and crazy insanity of the orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist, then shouldn't you want to do that based on American principles, American ideas, what made this nation great? Shouldn't that be what you're standing on, fighting for? Shouldn't you want this to be the most transparent election in American history so that you can prove how right you are? I mean, you seriously want us to believe that a man who couldn't get a dozen vehicles to show up in a parking lot and call that a rally got the most number of presidential votes in American history and did so Because he had to in order to beat the man who got the second highest voter totals in American history. So shouldn't you want that to be transparent? Shouldn't you want us to know that each vote is legitimate? Shouldn't you want every illegitimate vote to be tossed out? Shouldn't you be talking about fair and free legitimate elections and to get all of the unnecessary interference out of play, follow the rule of law? Shouldn't that be the case you're making if that's what you claim to be standing for? Don't sit there and tell me that using the term legal ballots is racist because it's not. You are not the arbiter of what words mean. And I'm tired of the left getting away with it. I'm tired of the left being allowed to change our language. I'm tired of the left pretending as if they get to make all the decisions because they're so much smarter than the rest of us. Spoiler alert, you're not. 
And the worst part, the worst part of all is they're still not even bright enough to understand they're being used. They're being used to permit division here in this country. They're being used to try to undo our constitution. They're being used to try and make sure that we're so angry at one another that we're not watching to see what they're doing. There are a ton of globalists out there with more money and more ambition than we could possibly imagine. And they would love nothing more than for the United States of America to descend into this type of chaos that is seen in places like Somalia and all throughout Africa, parts of Central America. They would love to see that because then we would become that house divided that cannot stand any longer. People like George Soros, ooh, I just mentioned Spooky Dude. People like that have a lot to gain if America falls. And don't think for a minute that they don't want that to happen. So let's take that uh, mid-hour break now before I get uh, too far down the road. And maybe I'll even get into one or two of the uh, specific uh, <laughs> news stories of the day that I have in the uh, show description. So you guys stay where you're at. I'll be right back in just a few On January 25th, 1974, Ronald Reagan gave his famous Shining City on a Hill speech. He was bitterly opposed to the dark, dim direction our nation was heading. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, time does not permit me to share the Gipper's entire message, but his most inspiring conclusion is itself a message for the ages. And I quote, We cannot escape our destiny, nor should we try to. The leadership of the free world was thrust upon us two centuries ago in that little hall of Philadelphia. In the days following World War II, when the economic strength and power of America was all that stood between the world and the return to the Dark Ages, Pope Pius XII said, The American people have great genius for splendid and unselfish actions. Into the hands of America, God has placed the destinies of an afflicted mankind. We are indeed, we are today, the last best hope of mankind on earth. Today our republic is embroiled in a war between those on the political left who literally want to recast her as one nation under China and mob rule. And today's re-founding fathers who seek to reestablish our exceptional nation way of life with true liberty and justice for all. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Hello and welcome to your songs and stories for soldiers, veterans, tip of the day. So, are you getting too much or too little sleep to rest your brain? According to the National Sleep Foundation, too much sleep can be just as bad as too little sleep for you. Scientists think that about seven hours sleep is the optimum for refreshing the body. Here are some tips. Go to bed at the same time every day. Keep your bedroom cool and turn off the television. This has been your veterans tip of the day. I'm Dan Perkins. Become a WCET late-nighter today. What is a late-nighter, you ask? 
A late-nighter is a loyal listener who wants access to the WCET radio shows on demand and wants to contribute to the station's growth with an annual or monthly listener contribution. Late-nighters also get priority access to host call-in shows, special WCET swag, and late-nighter-only events on the network. Become an annual late-nighter and get a free WCET Stop the Censorship t-shirt sent directly to you all over the world. Just click one of Become a Late-Nighter buttons all over WCETradio.com to subscribe. Without you, there is no us. Late-Nighters, make sure you check us out on all our social media pages. You can find them at the very bottom of the website under Our Supporters. And make sure you suggest us to one friend and, well, ask that friend to do the same, and you become the resistance. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and the time to join the resistance is nigh. Or maybe not just yet, but time is coming. Again, these folks are so over the top, and they are... They're making a list and checking it twice, and it sure isn't about who's naughty or nice. It is about who dares challenge the Marxist agenda. And, uh, boys and girls, that includes people like you and me, I'm afraid. Uh, taking a peek back in the chat room, see Bigfoot has joined us. Glad to have you here, sir. We missed you a little bit last week. Glad to see you back. Bigfoot, of course, is a blogger extraordinaire, and I do not use that terminology lightly but hey don't take my word for it go check it out for yourself you can go to bigfootsplace.blogspot.com and see for yourself in fact i double dog dare you <laughs> what <laughs> i'm looking at uh cajun here he just said uh tim should end first hour not matt but star trek okay I think I missed something, but okay. Uh, Annie Ubellis has joined the uh, chat room as well. She'll be uh, joining us uh, on air in the uh, second hour, so glad to have Annie with us. And We'll be talking about the insanity that has been the election, but I kind of want to start with what has transpired in South Carolina since that is where she is uber active in trying to help keep uh, that state as red and sane as possible. Always enjoy – Listening to uh, her and Curtis over at uh, Southern Sense Talk Radio, and uh, if you have not been listening, then you're naughty, naughty, naughty. Uh, be sure to check out southern-sense.com. There's a link in today's show description that will take you there, by the way, uh, where you'll not only be able to keep up with the uh, show itself, but everything else that Annie is up to, and believe me, it's a lot. I don't know where she makes the time for everything, quite honestly. She's Anyway, uh, Chief, of course, had to throw a jab or two in at me as well, saying uh, Pat Paulson could say things more <laughs> with more passion and flair than I could, uh, referencing to something I said earlier. And then he also said that uh, now he's worried about his current employer, the federal welfare state. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, scary stuff. All right, let's jump back into the topics at this point. Uh, it's It's crazy. I mean, we we really are seeing a level of craziness, and I'm sorry, this list making. You want to tell me it's not dangerous? You tell me that this isn't the time that AOC is sitting around making these lists, that CNN is running chirons talking about who hasn't congratulated Joe Biden yet. Uh, I, I'm kind of scared for uh, Democratic lawmaker Lamb 
who had the nerve, the gall to challenge AOC. I hate the fact that folks like uh, Ken Crow over at uh, Conservative Daily Briefings reminding people that Al Gore was president-elect for 30 days in 2000. Uh, all this stuff just get you uh, blacklisted. You know, Alan Horowitz is out here trying to tell everybody that, yes, the state legislatures do indeed have the final say over this election because they do. We're seeing Antifa attack old women and uh, men, and uh, the response after they fight them back and after the police get involved is they decide to start singing the national anthem. The good guys standing up and respond to the violence and the socialist activities by singing our national anthem, by standing by and affirming the principles by which they're ready and willing to be there in harm's way in the face of terroristic violence on the streets. And they respond to that by singing, banding together, inspirational on the one part, concerning that singing may not be enough if this continues down the current path along the other. News that you're not going to find if you haven't been paying attention to conservative outlets, and sadly there are fewer and fewer of those uh, thanks to Fox News going going the leftist route. But uh, in case you didn't uh, know, a couple of professors came out and did a in-depth economic uh, structure and investigation. They, they, they played into this. They looked at all the numbers. They did what they do, and they concluded that if – the Biden-supported $15 an hour federal minimum wage went into effect that uh, there would be thousands, thousands of jobs lost. And uh, that's on top of the shutdown, the re-shutdown that has already been promised by a Biden administration. And we have people like George Stephanopoulos out there trying to angle himself into the position to replace Alex Trebek on Jeopardy. Evidently, the idea was planted in his head after Stephanopoulos was involved with an interview with uh, Howard Stern. Not sure why Stern really wanted to make that suggestion. Maybe he was just trying to stroke Stephanopoulos' ego. But of course, sources at ABC completely denied the report uh, that, uh, of course, he's not lobbying for the position. How disrespectful that would be to Alex's family. Yes, yes, it would be very disrespectful, wouldn't it? You know, we've got uh, the abolish the Senate that was trending when a certain Democratic congressman, well, I'm sorry, we'll call him senator. Uh, because he is a senator, uh, a certain West Virginia senator came out and said that he would be a vote against power grabs that his own party seems to be looking to do. So the leftist activists got really upset. Oh, no, sorry. So Manchin ends up facing the ire of the uber left on social media, had it trending uh, on multiple social media platforms, but was trending worldwide on Twitter. That's how much it was being talked to abolish the Senate. Now, as a reminder, for those of you who may not be acquainted with the history, and this certainly does not apply to the majority of the average listeners in this audience because I know you guys know your stuff. Most of the time, you know far better than I do. 
But in case you happen to be somebody who's accidentally listened or you happen to be one of those uh, hundreds of thousands of listeners in India who have been listening to the show uh, recently, and thank you for listening, by the way, um, you may not be familiar with this idea. But the framers of our constitution, those brave men who struggled through the revolution and helped to create this republic that we now claim, that we now fight for, that we now hope to restore, they created the Senate to serve the interest and protect the rights of the states. They were never meant to be directly elected by the people. They were meant to be representatives of the state itself. If you were a senator from the great state of Tennessee, you were supposed to be representing the interest of the state of Tennessee. By definition, you were there to protect states' rights against the federal expansion. So by rights, the Senate has always – the Senate should always be opposed to power grabs by the federal government regardless of party. But of course, if you're a Marxist revolutionary, you don't care about that. That's not what you're after. That's not what you want. No, no, no. You're much happier to hear stories like this next one. In case you didn't hear, Kenosha prosecutors have dropped the sexual assault charge against Jacob Blake. This is part of a plea agreement. Now, Blake, of course, became a national hero to people like Kamala Harris, who visited him while he was still in the hospital, after he was partially paralyzed by those mean, evil, despicable police officers who just shot him in the back because he clearly was just a black man trying to live. Oh, those racist, evil people wearing blue uniforms, the, the horror <laughs> See, I can't even say it sarcastically without breaking up here. The police had been attempting to arrest Blake for allegedly breaking into the home of a woman he knew and then sexually assaulting her. Blake had a felony warrant for his arrest over this allegation at the time the shooting happened. The New York Post reported the woman's claims, saying, quote, the victim, who was only identified by her initials in the paperwork, told police she was asleep in bed with one of her children when Blake came into the room around 6 a.m. and allegedly said, I want my S.H. hit. She told cops Blake then used his finger to assault her sexually, snipped it. This guy is – no wonder uh, Kamala went and visited because sounds like uh, somebody that uh, Joe Biden could get along with, just randomly snipping people. Uh, but uh, – and at these – I interject here because these are uncomfortable details. I don't like these kind of stories. We've talked about this at the time. And people have already forgotten. The great forget has begun, according to the media that still doesn't acknowledge this. But uh, used his finger, assaulted her in a sexual manner, sniffed it, and then said, smells like you've been with other men. Now, the officer who took her statement said that she, quote, 
had a very difficult time telling him this and cried as she told how the defendant assaulted her. Uh, air of believability, a credible accusation, as the left would say. Uh, well, you decide. The police officer who shot Blake seven times attempting to arrest him said that he made the decision to shoot after hearing a mother desperately pleading, he's got my kid, he's got my keys. Yeah, let's, let's completely ignore the fact that they tried to subdue him, that he fought police officers, that he fought through being tased, and that he was reaching for something in the floorboard, and a knife was found there just by coincidence. Oh, well, you see, Tim, clearly the knife was planted after the fact. I've, I've heard that. I've heard that. I don't believe that. This guy was made a hero. This guy – isn't it a shame that most of the defund the police and most of the BLM official movement, official organization, post heroes who are tragically criminal? I mean tragically so. People that had every opportunity to be upstanding citizens who could have pursued a meaningful and productive life, who, who – did not have to be encumbered by political by political by criminal activity. Uh, sadly, in the modern age, political and criminal can often be interchanged. But uh, in this case, not what I mean. Well, after all this, after the knife was found on the floorboard, and after the fighting with the police, and after the fighting through the taser, and after trying to leave with the children in the car that he wasn't supposed to have, after assaulting this woman. Getting shot, after all that, the very thing that's the most serious charge that's available, the most heinous act that he committed during the process, now that sexual assault charge against Blake has been dropped, all part of a plea deal. Blake pled guilty to two counts of if you haven't heard, hold on to your socks. You may need to sit down for this. If you're driving, listening on the radio, pull over. He pled guilty to two counts of disorderly conduct. That's it. Guilty, most likely, of sexual assault. Sounds pretty convincing. Now, granted, he still should have... Presumption of innocence and his day in court and all that good stuff that's normally afforded to American citizens because that's how it should be. I'm not saying otherwise. But you downgraded the serious charge, the true crime, and then you characterize everything else that happened as just being disorderly conduct? <sighs> Two counts of disorderly conduct to get a third-degree sexual assault charge dropped. I don't know. I, I don't know what to say at this point. Where, where are the people that were carrying around the signs saying justice for Blake? Because that's not justice for Blake. 
at this point in time, justice for Blake means spending a little bit of time in jail for assaulting a person of color, by the way. A person of color was sexually assaulted. Ah, well, you see, it doesn't matter because it's black on black, and since I'm I'm a white guy, I'm not even allowed to comment on that because, you know, what do I know about it, and it's not my neighborhood. I don't understand. All the things that I'm constantly told by people on the left, no matter what color they are, like somehow they know more than I do, well, sorry. You know, because I understand eh, common sense. I understand logical thought, and sometimes I also get caught up in emotion. It happens. I'm a human, okay? Occasionally I get caught up in the emotion, and but then you see I, I do something that most of you guys on the left won't do. I take a deep breath, and I stop to think about it. I reflect for a while, and sometimes – Sometimes even embarrassingly so, I have to come in front of this microphone, and I have to occasionally say that my hot take while I was super emotional was dumb. I was saying things that were stupid. Allow me to go. No, I'm not flip-flopping. I was hot. I was emotional. It happened. But after I had time to cool down and think about it, it's like, what was I thinking? And what would be wrong with the folks on the left if, if you guys did that too? Now, what would be wrong with that? I mean, I don't expect it, and you're probably not allowed. You know, there's probably meetings every week. Okay, uh, annual uh, socialist Marxist meeting, uh, rule number one, never admit you were wrong, even when what we're saying today is completely opposite of what we said yesterday. Just pretend like it's all okay, that it only they think it doesn't make sense, and don't worry, the media will help cover for us. I, I'm sure that's kind of what happens because it feels like that's what happens. It looks like that's what happens. Cajun's trying to get me to play the uh, the uh, theme from the original Star Trek to <laughs> to slide out at the end of the hour. Uh, I'm not sure. What did I say earlier that's got you thinking Star Trek would be good uh, to <laughs> to do this? I I'm not saying you're wrong, and I'm a fan of Star Trek, although. Uh, I guess I should say I was a fan of Star Trek. I, I'm told now uh, that uh, as a conservative, I, I, there is no place in Star Trek for me because you know they're the perfect utopian society. Which, by the way, I, I've seen a lot of the more modern Star Trek, and that perfect utopian society is not quite so perfect. Just FYI, not always that utopian. Uh, I, I just I don't understand. And the whole Kenosha thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, Cajun's explaining in the chat room, by the way, why it is that uh, I should do the Star Trek thing. And uh, yeah, maybe, maybe I will. I, the way I have to do the downloading here and then upload it, I, I don't think I can do that at this point without messing up my call. But uh, I don't know. It's just. Absolutely mind-boggling that this is the set of circumstances where we're at. We've only got a few minutes till the start of the next hour, 
And I had really hoped to get a lot further than this with these uh, other stories because one of the big uh, stories going around is the fact that gun stores are struggling to keep firearms stocked while the election surge continues. The election surge. People were buying up firearms and boarding up their businesses before the election because they just knew Antifa and BLM were coming to the streets. And guess what? They still got that, just not as bad as they thought. You still had a BLM rally where they were demanding you raise your hand in solidarity with them. And then look around. Whoever you see doesn't have their hand up. They don't believe in a future in this America where black people can be prosperous. Well, that's some BS there, buddy, because I happen to know that utilizing the capitalist system is the best way to make sure that everyone can be prosperous in the future. And I would love for you, regardless of your color of skin, regardless of your political philosophy, to be as – prosperous as you can be without you know shredding my rights without stepping on my ability to be as prosperous as I can and without doing it to other people because it's not enough to say well all right tim you're you're okay or at least you're not enough of a threat for us to worry about which is probably more the case you're not enough of a threat for us to worry about so we're not going to crush you yet we've got much bigger fish to fry so until then you just go be your silly little tinfoil hat wearing crazy conservative self and we'll allow it and then you turn around and you go after somebody else Let's try to get Tucker Carlson canceled because we're going to make all of his sponsors drop him. Now, see, now I got a problem with you again. Like if you don't like what Tucker Carlson's saying, if you don't like what Chief is saying, if you don't like what Annie is saying, if you don't like what I'm saying, you've got some options. Option number one is keep listening and decide why you don't like it and maybe try to come up with counterpoints to what we're saying. Uh, using logic and facts, if you can, uh, that'll be tough, though. Or you can just move along. Go find somebody else you would rather listen to. You stay in that echo chamber for as long as you feel like you can. Feel better about yourself. Hear your own opinions repeated back to you in someone else's voice, you get that biased confirmation working for you, you go do that. But you come after us to squash us. You come after us to keep us from being able to tell you how we're feeling. You try to stop us from being able to pursue our success. Then you're crossing some very serious lines. So is it any wonder why gun ownership went up? While gun stores were having a hard time keeping stock, well, of course it's not hard to see why. You know, we've been talking – we talked before about how Barack Obama was the greatest gun salesman in the history of the United States. Well, Joe Biden, having already said that they're going to take uh, the Texas uh, State University teacher Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke – and put him in charge of the rounding up your AR-15 czar position, whatever that's going to look like. Um, yeah, people are going to want to try and get some firearms before you come after them, before you outlaw them. Because according to the definition that the left puts out as far as what facilitates being a 
assault rifle is all it has to do is look scary. And guess what? BB guns look scary to the left. Remember not that long ago, kid got kicked out of virtual school because there was a BB gun in the background. Ooh, scary. BB guns. Ooh, watch out. <sighs> Meanwhile, Judicial Watch is out there. And uh, they've looked at a huge number of counties where there is more people who cast votes than were legally eligible to vote in those counties. Now, the states that were involved, some of them were some of these swing states that still are in play based on legal actions being taken. Some of them not. Some of it maybe not even enough to sway the results of the election. But I'd be dadgum if that's not a good enough reason to go in and demand a recount. That should be the automatic. If I was running an election commission in any part of this country, no matter who won, if I saw that more people cast ballots than were legally eligible to vote based on the rolls and the numbers that we had, I'd be dadgum if I wouldn't be saying, I ah, count them again and let's verify I think you need to, don't you? Shouldn't you? All right, well, uh, we got to reset the hour, so I'm going to go ahead and say that's it for now. Uh, so for those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast on great radio stations across the country, remember there's a really good chance that uh, tomorrow, same tap time, same tap channel kind of deal. Uh, so uh, for those of you that I am saying goodbye to right now, remember – don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And meanwhile, you got to stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, you know, be smart, even if it kind of goes against your uh, <laughs> nature. Uh, those of you who are here live at BTR, stay right where you're at. Hour number two starts right after this. like a thousand years since we had real fears but the old ones won't forget these broken levee walls had a few close calls but they haven't fallen yet and you know the rain A vicious drought, even hopes in doubt. But there are no clouds in the sky. But you know the rain coming, the rain coming. All your days and all your nights, it brings the sun on you. When you feel the first drop fall, when it kisses your skin, the storm will begin. Bring with it promise of change When you
Welcome to today's broadcast of Tap Into the Truth. Hope you are having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I am your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful, although I have been telling people don't push it too far right now. Host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Roan County, Tennessee. And man, oh man, are things still just going up. Now, for the benefit of those of you who may be listening to the rebroadcast on great radio stations across the country, like KYAH 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority, or WCET Radio, or KDIL 105.7 FM in beautiful Kennewick, Washington, or KOII 94.5 FM in the fantastic Flagstaff, Arizona. Thank you so much for listening, but for your benefit, the time of the live broadcast right now when I am Emanating this broadcast happens to be November the 10th, and it is 2020. It's a few brief moments after 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, That might be why some of the things you hear might be a little dated by the time you hear it, but thanks for bearing with me and understand you can always join me live uh, either several times actually on uh, WCET, whether you're listening at WCETradio.com or at the app. Uh, We've got worldwide coverage on both of those, so you don't necessarily have to be in the Columbia, South Carolina listening area to hear us. That's okay. You can join me several times there live, or you can come to Blog Talk Radio. Uh, You can do that, BTR. uh, We're broadcasting from a lot, too. 
want to take care of a little bit of housekeeping before I bring on tonight's guest, who will be joining us here just momentarily. And that little bit of housekeeping is I am expecting on the Wednesday night live show to have Ron Edwards with me. And then in the second hour of the Wednesday night broadcast, for those of you that are at BTR, you will uh, hear me as I'm joined by Sheriff Joe Apio of Arizona, and we'll be discussing exactly what is going on in Arizona, both in the election, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about his new book as well. Now, my super special extra secret sauce guest this evening happens to be Miss Ann Ubellis, host of Southern Sense Talk Radio, a great friend of the show, uh, one of the nicest people that I have ever met, period. And just a fantastic radio talk show host, and I'm trying to add her on to the Skype call this very second. Uh, Annie, as soon as you can hear me or as soon as you join, feel free to, to pop right on. I think you're on with me now, aren't you? Uh, are you there, Annie? Keep America great again. All right. I'm going to take that as a yes. <laughs> all right, Annie. First of all, thank you so much for joining me this evening. Uh, we don't get together nearly often enough, or at least that's how I feel. I hope you feel the same way. But uh, glad to have you here. I know you're extremely busy with all of the craziness that goes on, hosting your own show, being active in the, the politics in South Carolina, and then throw on top of that a pretty busy personal life, having – all kinds of things ongoing. My goodness gracious, my first question to you, Annie, is how the heck do you keep it all going? How do you keep it balanced? Because that's the secret I need to learn. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that answers that. <laughs> how are you tonight, ma'am? Oh, man. Um, having to rush my husband to the hospital at 3 a.m. and then going back for him to have a procedure at 1 o'clock this afternoon. I'm a little beat, but uh, looking at the craziness going on with this election, I mean, it, every day it's getting nuttier and nuttier. I mean, I, I thought Bush v. Gore was nuts, but this hands down, hands down is taking the cake. Yeah, I, I certainly can't disagree. I mean, everything from the effort that the media was putting out there uh, weeks ahead of time, don't believe the red mirage. Uh, knowing that we would all go to bed on Tuesday night thinking Trump had won, which most of us did. And uh, then when when you wake up in the morning, don't worry, Joe Biden will be president. And sure enough, the shenanigans have taken place so much. I, I, I don't think there's a word strong enough to actually describe it. Uh, I, that's why I've been falling on the word shenanigans because, yes, it's, it's crazy stuff up to no good. And if you get as serious as you should be about it, it's hard not to want to uh, to go take forceful action. But uh, so much deceit, so much lying, so much open attempt to steal the election, but just enough to make it difficult to prove exactly how much and how much it would have changed. Just a general lack of transparency is enough to make you ask questions. As far as what you've seen, though, what do you think – what one thing really set you over the top, if there is just one thing, as far as the craziest part of this so far? Oh, man. I can't think – I cannot say it's one aspect, um, or maybe it might be. It's the rabidness of the left to deny the truth. 
I mean, even Fox News has gotten to the point where actually I stopped watching Chris Wallace years ago, probably a good five or six years ago. I stopped watching him. He exposed himself that far back on how left he really was. But Fox News and Tim, I know you've heard me say it on my show. At one point, they were partnered with Al Jazeera. That speaks volumes. Uh, But now it's gotten to the point where we are coming forward with evidence of vote tampering, uh, illegal vote harvesting, uh, the Dominion uh, voting machines that were switching ballots, dead people uh, voting, voting districts that have 109 percent voters. How do you get 109 percent of the people voting? I mean, here in South Carolina, especially in the county I live in, we had 75 percent of registered Republicans vote. That's why there's no way to challenge anything here in my county or much less in the state of South Carolina, because we worked that hard to get Republicans out. But 75 percent is an unusually high number. I think at best we've had 58 to 62 percent, but 75 not a hundred and nine. That's mathematically impossible. And when you have 200,000 ballots to show up and every last one of them is for Joe Biden, not one for uh, Trump or even one of the other hundred and some odd people that were running that no one talks about. Yeah, it's, it's mathematically impossible. And as we see now, North Carolina has been certified, well, not actually certified, but has now been called for Trump. There's a strong possibility Arizona is going to be turned. And there's at least 10 lawsuits as of around 6 o'clock this evening that Giuliani said that have been initiated. Uh, Justice Alito has now got the entire Supreme Court involved, and they're waiting to see what lawsuits come before them. And I heard something very interesting um, not Jay Sucklow, his his son. Uh, is it Jake Sucklow? Uh, his son. I uh, think so. Yeah, uh, had had something called. Uh, oh, geez, it just went right out of my mind. But the basic premise is is that the justices are going to look to see what lawsuits are there, and what commonality they have. Uh, so basically, they can turn around and look at. Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada, and any other places that are in play in these lawsuits and find a commonality and make a single ruling on all the lawsuits, whether it's whether or not there is a judicial legislation that is unconstitutional or possibly even um, uh, uh, bureaucratic tampering with it by making new rules and regulations governing it. So we're going to see things start to come really to a head probably within the next month. But the Electoral College meets December 14th, and we have that safe harbor where all ballots must be certified by a certain date. It's going to get really, really interesting the first two weeks of December. So, folks, hold on. Take a deep breath. Take a step back. Let everything come into play and just let it unfold. And then the first two weeks of December, that's when we can see the actual true players and the true outcome of the election. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, again, uh, to your point, uh, Judicial Watch revealed a, a report uh, where they've been looking long term, and 
according to this report, 353 counties in the states of Alaska, Colorado, Maine, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, Rhode Island, and Vermont, many of which are solid blue, a couple of them usually pretty red. Uh, one of these states very much in play among these lawsuits, a hundred – I'm sorry, 1.8 million, not a, not 100, but 1.8 million more voters registered than they had eligible citizens in total. Now yeah. – I think there's a problem there. <laughs> there. There seems to be some mathematical issues, and I'm with you. Get you know, I made the point during Obama's re-election campaign. He had several districts in uh, in the Philadelphia area and uh, in other parts of Pennsylvania that came back at 103, 105, 110 percent. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, maybe you think one anomaly like that doesn't really change the outcome. But if you are getting results like that, shouldn't you be taking a harder look at what's going on? And I, I think we have in these close instances uh, every reason why you should be. And I'm still trying to get a reasonable explanation why in Fulton County, Atlanta, uh, where it seems to be the one place where things supposedly changed uh, from Trump to Biden in the state of Georgia – why it is that they announced to the press, announced to the media, and told all the poll watchers and all the Republicans that were there to verify that they were shutting down counting for the night at about 11 p.m. Uh, they turned out the lights for about an hour, and then they turned right back around and started counting unwatched and were caught red-handed in the wee hours somewhere around 1 a.m. How is it that there are not people – that are being held accountable for this beyond the fact that the media is pretending like it's already a done deal. They're already calling him president-elect, Annie, and you and I both know that nobody is president-elect until the Electoral College vote is certified. Well, you know, I, I have a family member, an immediate family member, at which point uh, we're basically – I don't think we're going to be on speaking terms for a while, um, who a couple of nights ago – uh, sent me a text message gloating that pres uh, Biden is now president. And, you know, I, this is someone that I've always admired, always thought had the kindest heart, never, ever in almost 30 years of knowing this individual, never had an unkind word to say about this person and just thought the best of her. And when that hit me, it was like a slap in the face. And I turned around and said, well, um, when – did the Constitution change where the Electoral College no longer matters? And I said, when do we as a nation ignore lawsuits and challenges to the electoral system to you know, verify each and every one is an honest vote? When has this changed? And when was the uh, news outlets adjudicated the responsibility to declare the president and not our votes. I don't understand where this changed. And the response, well, it works for me, so deal with it. <laughs> and as, as the evening progressed, I kept on saying, all right, I don't want to argue. Let's, let's let it drop. You know, I love you. And then when she started getting nasty, I said, no need to be vicious. You know, I love you and I do forgive you. Let's just let it drop. The more I did that, Say, hey, listen, you know, this is not going to be something we're going to uh, agree upon, so let it be. let's walk away from this. Let's not argue over this. It got worse and worse and worse. And 
I never thought that I would see that occur within my own family. And if I see it in my own family, how many millions of other families across this nation are experiencing the same thing? My heart tonight breaks for our nation. It breaks for the people that are being torn apart in a manner that we have not seen since the Civil War. And this is the shame. This is the shame of it. And we have a media that is complacent and actually prodding, prodding the whole situation. Because if it leads, it leads. They sell advertisement. They get more viewers. Well, guess what, Fox? You just lost, I can't tell you how many viewers. You have gone from number one to number 303. And Newsmax and One American News and places like Tim and like my show are going to surpass you in the end. Matter of fact, Al Sharpton may end up with more viewers than you, Fox News. Shame on you. Yeah, it is pretty pretty sad. I, 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 I've never seen such blatant and wanted – uh, acknowledgement of this either. I mean, I we saw a little bit on election night coverage. The last time that I really watched Fox News was on election night, Annie, and, and I was prodded some. Uh, Ron Edwards was giving me what for when I admitted that to him the other day. He's like, no, that's the wrong place to watch. <laughs> I was like, well, I did. <laughs> but as, as we were watching it, I was shocked when they called Arizona as early as they did because it was barely any precincts reporting at that point. But what was really telling to me is another one of those names that's probably not much longer for the network, Tucker Carlson. When he came on, he didn't really talk much about – I saw him on twice. He didn't talk much about the election. He talked about how the media was covering the election and how the media was trying to determine the direction it was going. And it was pretty clear then if you paid attention, if you watched the body language, which I always do with Tucker because he's always got the greatest facial expressions ever. I don't know if that's intentional as a part of a stick or if that's just the way he always naturally reacts, but he's a hoot just to watch whatever's being said. But you could tell from the body language that those jabs weren't necessarily intended directly at CNN. It wasn't about MSNBC. It wasn't about NBC, ABC, CBS. He was talking to the folks that were sitting there as part of their little cabal there doing that uh, that action, and that's why they played this little, real tight uh, picture when he was talking. They didn't want to show the rest of the folks that were there, probably to keep from seeing their sour looks, but we've been hearing the – the hot mics when they thought they were off, uh, whenever somebody's even suggested that the fight might not be over, that there still may be legitimate ways for Donald Trump to end up winning, how the election is not really done, that, but, but we called it. But yeah. it's done. Yeah. No, 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 no. Who gave them that authority? They gave it to themselves. And because they say it, it must be the truth. Because in their mind, their twisted mind, they know better than the law, than the Constitution, than the public, you and me. We're too stupid to see the truth. They have to tell us what the truth is, and that is the contempt they hold us in. Yeah, well, 
Uh, it's been made very clear, and all I can say at this point is thank God that uh, Newsmax has been uh, growing in places where it's available. Uh, thank God that even Blaze TV is out there. I know not every conservative out there is a big fan of Glenn Beck, but guess what? Glenn Beck's not the only voice on Blaze TV. Uh, and thank goodness that uh, One American News is growing and getting stronger. Um, but but the scary part too here, Annie, is the fact that the rest of that legacy media and now Fox seems to have joined them is they're doling out those uh, enemy lists. We heard AOC call for enemy lists right off the bat, and uh, today, today CNN was running a Chiron, uh, naming off all the GOP senators who've not yet called to congratulate Joe Biden. You only do that when you want to draw attention to those names. That is practically putting out a hit. It's like, hey, Antifa, uh, over here, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, without actually calling for the violence. It's kind of announcing your enemies list, or am I wrong about that? No, it's doxing because you know someone's going to turn around and pull up their home address. And like they did to Tucker Carlson, attempt to enter his home with his wife and children at home, uh, like they did to Kat Kamak. When they showed up on her private property as her first responder husband was trying to get to work against the law in Florida. And we're going to see this left and right. And I'm waiting to see someone parked in my front lawn in some near future. They're going to start doxing us. And I'm telling you, folks, you better be ready. You better be ready and hope and pray that you've got a uh, law enforcement department that is more conservative than in some urban areas because there are some areas where the cops are not going to respond so you better hope that you're prepared one way or another i'm not encouraging violence i'm encouraging self-defense yes ma'am uh fortunately i'm in one of those areas where not only uh do i that i can count on the uh local police doing the jobs the way they should but got a few officers that don't live too far away so uh it works out pretty well uh but uh unfortunately a lot of us out there uh, aren't in that situation i think about chief who's uh in the chat room right now and of course he's uh hiding out in his underground bunker uh somewhere near portland uh i wouldn't want to be anywhere near portland right now but I, I- uh on down to South Carolina. <laughs> I'll find a room for you. <laughs> Otherwise, you can sleep on my living room floor. <laughs> plenty of safe, plenty of safe places if you look around. But uh, I did want to talk a little bit about South Carolina in particular because of the amount of money that the Democrats poured into the Lindsey Graham race. Now, Lindsey Graham hasn't always been a conservative darling. Sometimes he's conservative, sometimes he's not. When he was running buddies with John McCain, it was very much a uh, a rhino type of situation, certainly looked like it. Uh, since the Kavanaugh hearings, we seem to be getting a Lindsey Graham 2.0. I, I don't know how legitimate it is. Maybe seeing how they treated Kavanaugh really did trigger something in him. You probably know that better than I would. Uh, I just know I like what he says. I think he's positioning, to, hoping to run for president myself. So I still question that legitimacy. But uh, the fact that he's been saying the right things, doing the right things as far as conservative voters are concerned, and the Democrats spent all that money to try to unseat him, and they weren't able to. Him or uh, the apex predator uh, Mitch McConnell in Kentucky, both. That says a lot about the power of the ideas that conservatives bring to the table. 
especially when they appear to be standing on those principles. If Democrats can't win that way, uh, how is it that we can honestly expect to see a Joe Biden presidency? I mean there's plenty of reasons to be questioning it, but in that race, what you saw on the ground with the whole uh, Lindsey Graham situation… Did that turn out the way you expected? Were you ever concerned specifically that that seat might end up going blue? Yes. I honestly – I'm going to be honest. I was very concerned because I saw just going through my town the number of Jamie Harrison signs up. Now, Jamie Harrison ran a rather slick – and that's in capital letters with quotation marks around – very slick campaign. If you didn't know for a fact that he was a Democrat – when he got, did his commercials and he ran his ads, you had no idea what political side of the fence. And you assumed from what he was saying that he was a conservative. And fortunately, we were able to get the word out. And he, this was this is a guy off of K Street. He was a lobbyist before he ran for office. Normally, you run for office, you retire from office, you become a lobbyist. He was doing it the other way around. Um Lindsey Graham, in the final two to three weeks, finally started opening up salvos against Jamie Harrison. Jamie Harrison, I believe, put in $3.5 million into this campaign, a record amount of money. And all he got out of that was a Lindsey Graham T-shirt, which I'm very happy about. <laughs> but I saw Lindsey Graham just the Saturday before Election Day, and we had a local rally with a record number of people, despite the fact it had rained. And he did a really fantastic job. They tried to attack him on it uh, because he mentioned something about women having a voice. And they said, oh, he's, he's anti-women, he's anti-feminine, blah, blah, blah. It didn't work. Um, Lindsey Graham, I think, had his come-to-Jesus moment when he realized he was really into a political quagmire when Jamie Harrison came on the, on the scene. There was, thanks to the work of our state GOP, Drew McKissick, thanks to the team that we had down in the ground here in uh, my county, up in Charleston, and elsewhere within the state, we did a phenomenal job. And like I said, in my county alone, if you turn out 75% of your voting block, that means you worked really hard. They were door knocking, they were calling. They were actually had said made so many calls. We covered the state twice, and then proceeded to go out to other states that needed help. And that is how well we mobilized. And I think Lindsey Graham saw that. If he decides to slip, he's going to find that entire voting block coming back after him. <laughs> uh, would it be uh, putting you in a position, knowing how active you are, to ask you uh, how much of a conversion you think this really is? Uh, it, you 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 are perfectly within your rights to deny it because I know with your activity maybe that puts you in a position that you really shouldn't answer. But I would be curious. Uh, I'll probably ask you off air sometime. But no, uh, no, no go ahead. I mean, because I think that he's had a wake up call. Yeah. We'll be watching, and when he starts to slip, we will be there to remind him. And that's the trick. You can't be complacent. You must remain vigilant. No matter what they say on the campaign trail, watch what they do because he's going to be in for the next six years. We will be watching, and we have to let him know 
we're on his back. Not only will we have his back, but once he slips, we'll be on that back. All right. What do you think about my supposition that he may be positioning himself for a 2024 run? He's already tried twice. Why would he try for a third time? Well, it seems to work for some if you believe the current numbers. <laughs> yeah, but if Trump doesn't take this one, there's already rumblings that they're saying if Biden does become president come 2024, Trump is back. Yeah, and I absolutely would welcome that because the Republican Party needs to to learn the important lessons here, and that is while uh, Donald Trump may not uh, be everybody's cup of tea – he at least has the backbone to stand up and fight and keep swinging. Yeah, maybe you don't like the way he says things. Maybe you have an issue with how uh, he communicates. But at the end of the day, he doesn't back down, and he's not afraid to get hit, and he's not afraid to go ahead and hit back. And that's the kind of thing the GOP has been missing seriously for at least a couple of decades now. Well, there's two things we got to do over the next two months. Lean on Bob Barr to make sure an investigation is starting into voter fraud and the voter irregularities. Lean on Lindsey Graham in the Judiciary Committee to do a full public investigation and then come through with subpoenas and prosecution. It's got to be full and open. We've got to expose it because if we don't, come 2024, it'll be a repeat of 2020. All right, Annie, I'm going to have to take the mid-hour break. I know you've got a lot of things to do. Uh, is there any way that I can uh, sweet-talk you into hanging out uh, with me a little bit longer on the other side of the break? As long as I can pour myself another scotch. <laughs> I would never <laughs> deny you that. You stay right where you're at. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, everybody out there listening, you stay where you're at. Uh, after this brief break, we will continue with Annie, the radio chickadee. I've almost got that <laughs> memorized <laughs> now. Uh, Annie Ubellis, uh, the host of Southern Sense Talk Radio. Uh, stay where you're at. We'll be right back. Ever since the pilgrims migrated to our North American shores, God was an integral part of society. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. From the days of infancy of our republic, God's promise in the biblical passage, 2 Chronicles 7.14, that he will hear the cry of a repentant and humble people and will heal their land, has motivated many American leaders to call citizens to prayer. In 1775, as it began the process of forming a new nation, the Continental Congress called for a day of prayer. At critical junctures during the Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln called for the Republic to fast and pray. In 1952, President Truman signed a bill establishing an annual National Day of Prayer. Recently, President Trump called for a National Day of Prayer in which millions of Americans, including yours truly, engaged in prayer for our Republic and sought forgiveness for our individual and national sins. I believe that because of the obedience of God's remnant of believers, there will be a resurgence of greatness in our nation. It will be so profound that America will once again be the envy of the world. A great republic, if we can keep it. I'm Ron Edwards. Enjoy the Ron Edwards American Experience talk show on WCET Radio. Dot com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. 
Hello and welcome to your Songs and Stories for Soldiers Veterans Tip of the Day. So, are you getting too much or too little sleep to rest your brain? According to the National Sleep Foundation, too much sleep can be just as bad as too little sleep for you. Scientists think that about seven hours sleep is the optimum for refreshing the body. Here are some tips. Go to bed at the same time every day. Keep your bedroom cool and turn off the television. This has been your Veterans Tip of the Day. I'm Dan Perkins. Late Nighters and WCET radio listeners around the world, listen up. The shop is here, and you can order WCET radio and your favorite shows, Swag, right now. And show your friends and your neighbors you're awake by wearing one of our many shirts, including our Stop the Censorship shirt. That one is a hot seller, so get yours while supplies last. We have coffee mugs, clocks, so you never miss your favorite shows, books, mouse pads, and more coming soon. Just go to WCETradio.com and click the shop link. That's WCETradio.com and get to shopping. I listen to WCET every day because it's the most tremendous radio station in America. You heard the man. Nothing better. WCET FM talk radio like no other. Yes, that's right, Michael Baratelli, and like it is, there is no other talk radio station anywhere around the world like WCET Radio. However, that's not to discount the other great radio stations that replay this broadcast, great stations like KYAH, 540 AM, Utah Stock Authority. Glad to have you guys listening, even though you did elect Mitt Romney. Come on, guys, I warned you about that. Why didn't you listen? Also, KDIL 105.7 FM in Kennewick, Washington, and KOII 94.5 FM in fabulous Flagstaff, Arizona. Thank you guys for listening, and I uh, want to welcome you all and remind you, if you really want to enjoy the blessings of liberty, that means you're going to have to take some individual responsibility, and a big part of being self Responsible is being self-reliant, and one of the companies that have been out there for the longest time trying to help you to be completely self-reliant is My Patriot Supply. There's a link in the show description today. Feel free to hit it. It takes you there. Uh, that link will take you to the four-week kit. Uh, meals right now, 2,000 calories. Last up to 25 years if you need it to, but – you know, it never hurts to have that supply. Might need it next month. Uh, natural disasters occur. Uh, sometimes various roaming bands of rioters may come through your neighborhood. It all depends on where you're at. But regardless, not trying to scare you, just saying it's good to be prepared. Follow that link, and while you're at it, you can follow the other link in the show description. It goes to the most America first company that I'm aware of anywhere, and that's Hero Soap. You go to the Hero Soap company, check out what they've got going on. Some really great stuff. They source all of the materials that they use from other American companies, and uh, they're veteran-owned, and they contribute to charities for our first responders and for our U.S. military folks. Basically, all of our uh, heroes that wear a uniform of any kind, they support them, which to me makes a pretty daggum good reason to support them. Uh, check out uh, Hero Soap. They do have some new items, by the way. If you checked it out before but haven't been there in a while, feel free to do that. And if you sign up for a subscription, uh, every time you get a bar of soap, 
they send a bar of soap to one of our men and women in a forward area. So pretty damn good deal all the way around. Uh, so please check that out. Now, I uh, want to address something that Chief said. Chief said he's safe where he's at. So don't worry about him. He's got a black hoodie and a mask, so he's got the local camouflage. <laughs> That's good to know. Uh, Annie, again, thank you so much for being here. As always, I appreciate uh, everything that you've done. You've always been super helpful. You've been super supportive. Uh, you've been kind enough to have me on as a, both a guest and as a co-host on your show in the past, and, and I greatly appreciate the level of trust that you put in me for that purpose. And uh, before we get back to the conversation, I want you to please tell everybody – where they can find your work. Oh, you, you give me so, so very kind words. You know, I, I tell you, Tim, I'm not someone with a big ego. And if I give someone a helping hand, I will, I will do whatever I can to help you. That's all I ask that you, you do your best and you try to succeed. But uh, thank you so much. People can find me. It's very simple. It's the name of the show, Southern Sense, as in common sense. Just put a dash in the middle, southern-sense.com. I'm on Fridays from 1 to 4 p.m., and our guests range from anything from a local musician to actor to politician to, I don't know, (laughs) you name it, I've I've had them on, Uh, from crazy artists like Sabo to Judge Judy Pirro to Speaker Gingrich to you, Tim, your favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Well. I don't know about that, but I was threatened to be made famous uh, uh, <laughs> this uh, last past Sunday. Uh, New Orleans Wake Up, who I know you're infinitely uh, familiar with, he occasionally pops into the chat room. And as, as long as he's within certain bounds, I, I'm okay with letting him hang out in the chat room. And, and occasionally he even says a few things that helps to get me fired up to respond. So sometimes it's good for not always, but uh, it was hilarious because you know he's been in the last couple of chat rooms uh, because he's naturally doing his little uh, victory lap because he thinks he's got his guy in and he swore he was going to do all this stuff. And uh, he's starting to make me famous because I kept just pounding away at reasons uh, why it's not a good idea and, and challenging him to give me a good idea to vote for him. But it got to a point where he's like, well, that's it. Uh, I'm going to boycott your show. I'm like, okay, well, you know the way out. And he's like, <laughs> I'm going to enough. And then he takes it a step further because clearly it didn't bother me. He's just like, I'm going to show up at your studio uh, with Black Lives Matters, and we're going to protest you. And I said, hey, all right, make me a conservative superstar. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard anything from him since. I I, I, I I don't know what it could have been, but uh, anyway, uh, it has been amazing to see the reaction. You know, I, I saw uh, – I was reading an article just – I think it was day before yesterday. It might have been yesterday where the primary singer in the movie Frozen uh, was talking about how she just cried when her little boy – looked up and told her that a Biden presidency meant that there would be no more children in cages. <laughs> Where do these people actually live? Because it's not this planet. They're not in the real world at all. If they live in La La Land, they live in their own head, and they think they're trying to inhabit our head. But, you know, they're living there rent-free. It's just, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, I I really wish that uh, 
that she realized that uh, her son was really proud because it meant that he realized that uh, Barack Obama built those cages. Uh, when we look, though, and, and here's kind of what I wanted to look at: it's some of the expectations. Uh, we're going we're going to to look at the possibilities. Uh, we're going to pretend for a second that worst case scenario that not only did all these shenanigans occur, but they still managed to get away with it. And Joe Biden is installed for whatever short amount of time as the next president of the United States. Looking at what we can expect policy-wise, the promises that have been made, uh, what are some of the scarier aspects that you see? And and how many of these – because I'm sure you've already been uh, talking about this to some degree. How many of these are actually antithetical to what the leftists claim to be their agenda as far as what you see as being potentially coming down? Um, Actually, I see a frozen administration. With the way the votes are coming in with the Senate and the House, it's going to be a do-nothing for the next four years. Um, He's threatening to do all these executive orders. Well, go ahead, because as soon as we do that, we're going to have people like Jay Sekulow and other organizations hitting the administration with twice as many lawsuits as the liberals have hit Trump with. They're going to lock that administration in place. Now, uh, I've had family members with dementia. And I've had to care for them. And what I see in Joe Biden is very scary. I don't see him surviving at least two years as president. Kamala Harris is going to step up. Now, she scares me. She will scare me. And if she does, that will guarantee two years later a Republican presidency, a Republican Senate, a Republican House. Well, you know, from uh, your lips to God's ears, but uh, my fear comes to the fact that we're already seeing these enemy lists being put out there. We've already seen the phenomenon of the Trump voter. I'm afraid that some of the Republicans who are steely spined right now will get squishy again. Uh, I, I don't think that we see Joe Biden get through the full first year. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't pull the trigger a lot sooner. I mean, we saw Nancy Pelosi trying to create her little commission, Mm -hmm. uh, and we knew from the beginning, or at least most of us recognized, that had nothing to do with Trump. That had everything to do with pulling the trigger on Biden because they know what kind of shape he's in. I'm just concerned that even if the Georgia Senate elections fall the way they should as opposed to the way they're trying to cheat their way through, that we end up seeing a case where literally everything has to go through the court and everything has to be appealed. We're going we're gonna to have to, as conservatives, spend an awful lot of money and resources and time trying to help support legal efforts, which are notoriously expensive. Now, the upside is Barack Obama left a lot of judges vacant a lot of these seats for judges just out there and donald trump along with mitch mcconnell have been feeling judges at all levels all over the place and and that is a beautiful thing and and that is very helpful but my concern is that we're going to have to spend so much time keeping an eye on these people because we don't have an honest media i'm afraid some stuff probably sneaks through that's going to happen it's just a natural way of things 
However, Lindsey Graham made an announcement, I believe it was two days ago, that he's going to push through as many judges as possible. They're going to start hammering away. So between his hearings, they're going to be approving judge after judge after judge after judge. And it's going to be a swamping of the court of conservative judges or conservative leaning judges. So if these lawsuits come through, they will be more in favor of us than from the Biden team. So, yeah, and I think that if, if Biden does unfortunately become president with these executive orders, like I said, the next four years will be a frozen government. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that is exactly what we should all be hoping for and glad that the framers and their infinite wisdom understood a balance of powers and leaving uh, the ability for people to slow the rolls, it it was the perfect thing. Uh, you know, we have a lot of people that are still complaining, going, "Oh, we're tired of all this gridlock." No, no, no. Gridlock was the plan because knee-jerk reactions are almost always the wrong reactions, and this is how you slow them down, how you stop them. Uh, curious, your thought about uh, Senator? Uh, um, now I'm. Just, Drawing a blank on his name, West Virginia, uh, very, uh, very moderate, uh, almost conservative, uh, but a blue dog Democrat, uh, Mnuchin, Senator okay. Mnuchin. Uh, <laughs> I hate it when I draw a blank like that. Uh, he great for it. <laughs> yeah, it happens unfortunately. Uh, he made some strong statements the uh, uh, just the other day uh, that he was going to be a solid vote to protect the integrity of the system, even. Uh, against his own party, uh, so much so that he had leftists on multiple uh, social media outlets uh, running the hashtag uh, just in the Senate. They they, they want to do away with the Senate altogether now. Do you think we can count on some of these middle-of-the-road Democrats who really see how far left these folks are going to also stand up and try and actually preserve America? Is that your expectation? Well, you have someone like Mnuchin in a area that can go either way. He's going to protect his assets, and yes, he's going to he's going to turn around and say, "Wait a minute, maybe we need to pull this Democratic Party a little bit back towards the middle." And you're actually starting to see um, people that were Democrats or middle of the road. These are the ones that became the blue dog Democrats for Trump. What used to be Ronald Reagan's blue dog Democrats. These are now moving towards Trump because they're seeing what is happening. And they're saying, this is not what America is about. Something is wrong here. When they see cities being burned down, when they see massive rioting and looting and the complete disregard for the law, they're saying, wait a minute. My family is now being put in the line of fire. My job is in jeopardy because of this COVID knockdown lockdown. I've lost my job because of the rioting. And they're starting to say, wait a minute. This isn't just something on the news happening miles and miles and miles away. This is in my yard now. And I think that is why we're seeing what we've seen with this election. The Democrats realize they made a big mistake. So the only way to win it is to cheat because the people in their own party said, stop, something's wrong here. And when their own people in their own party go against them, the only way to win is to cheat. Yeah. 
right, switching gears just a little bit, uh, Pfizer came out and said that they have a 90% effective uh, vaccine. It, it is kind of uh, surprising, isn't it? Now, uh, you do have to kind of wonder, um, were they holding on to that just a little bit longer than uh, they were prepared to make the announcement? Uh, I would I would like to think that the answer there is no, but, uh, you know, that's not where we live at these days. Uh, so it's at the very least suspect. I've been really interested in seeing the reactions, though, and I'm sure you've uh, seen some of these reactions, too. Um, you have some folks claiming that Pfizer didn't take any of the Operation Warp Speed money. Uh, they did. They took a lot. Uh, <laughs> we've had some people trying to deny that there's any connection to Donald Trump and uh, the success of this. Uh, hard to deny that if you know reality. We've even had New York Governor... Cuomo, the man who single-handedly killed the second largest number of seniors uh, due to bad policy and COVID in nursing homes, come out and warn uh, senators and governors that they have to work to stop Donald Trump from distributing this anywhere because if he gets started, it will be too late for Joe Biden to stop it and, and do it correctly. Are we still going to see a continuation of political politicalization of COVID since it's not just going away? Does a bear do it in the woods? <laughs> Last time I checked, yes. <laughs> uh, you got to remember, Pfizer has its headquarters in Brooklyn, just off of Flatbush Avenue. And many a time I patrolled around that building. So Pfizer sits in the heart of Cuomo and de Blasio country. Do you think there was a conversation had there between the three of them? Do you think AOC and the three did not have a conversation with the executives at Pfizer? Well, if you want these tax breaks, if you want these other luxuries and these things here in New York State, this is what we're going to ask of you. Also note that after the election, the stock market started to go up when they, everyone thought Trump and it climbed, climbed, climbed. I've been watching. The stock market has been going steadily up as the challenges go on. Don't you think they timed the release of the news of the virus to coincide with the rise in the stock market to take maximum advantage of profit? Oh, absolutely. There's a yeah. lot put here. There's a lot of moving parts. So we can't look at just one. We have to look at many. Yeah. All right, so uh, how hopeful are you that uh, the Pfizer vaccine is actually viable and is good for 90% of the people? Because from what I've heard, it's going to be pretty tactically difficult to, to get this out and in the hands of the people who do want it. Uh, I'm not uh, really excited about being amongst the first folks to take the vaccine because in my mind, having a background in biology, I know you need a lot of data points before you determine how safe a vaccine really is. And there's no way we have that total number of data points yet. But uh, just your general thoughts about the vaccine and uh, where you feel like this is headed. There's numerous companies going after the vaccine, Gilead being another one that has a, a good potential. Supposedly, the reports I'm seeing on Pfizer, it's a 90% success rate on the vaccine. So a 10%. Um, you know, if you look at the shingles vaccine, that is a 65 35 
Um, if 90%, that's a pretty good rate statistically. Gilead is somewhere around that same area, and there's several other companies. So there's going to be various options. People are going to have options. I'm not a big person on vaccines. Um, I have a tendency to, if there's a possible allergic reaction, I'm going to come up with it. <laughs> I'll tell you. I have, I'm one of the ones that, you know, you, you, you say it, you can't, you can't have a reaction. I'll find a way to have a reaction to it. Uh, I mean, I, I'm someone who had a Coumadin poisoning here, your, your blood thin, everyone takes Coumadin. Well, I ended up in the hospital three days because of Coumadin poisoning. Uh, I ended up in the hospital for antibiotic allergic reaction. And they had a, <laughs> I was going <laughs> on that one. So I, I'm not someone that I, probably would take the vaccine. If it's mandatory, I'll break the law. <laughs> Very cool. uh, but right now, Pfizer, again, is showing a 90%. You know, what no one's talking about, and I had pulled this article out. Matter of fact, <laughs> my glass is sitting on top of it. I forgot it was even here on my desk. Um, back from August, that the Chinese had already had a vaccine for it and were testing it on the Canadian military back in August. But that's been very, very hush-hush. So I'm wondering how many of these vaccines that these other companies are coming up with are along the same lines of what the Chinese already have produced. Yeah, that would certainly be uh, of great interest. Although, to be fair, I'm not sure I'd be very trustworthy of anything coming out of China about that uh, early on. So I still would have probably wanted these other companies to to do their work. Uh, Annie, we are quickly running out of time. It's amazing how quickly an hour will go by, uh, especially when the conversation is good. Uh, before we say goodnight, though, I want to know uh, your hot take. Uh, 2021, better or worse? Mm, it depends upon who sits in the White House. If it's Trump, far better. Far, far better. If it's um, Biden, folks, he said it's going to be a dark winter. And I completely agree. I really do. Um, I'm fearful for our nation should it be that. But my only hope is we will have a frozen government that it will be able to not do a damn thing because everything will be locked down. If we can take the House, and the Senate in two years, then we can do an override of any veto and then negate the White House. Yeah, there's no question. Our government works best. Our federal government works best when it can't do a daggum thing. (laughs) Andy, again, thank you so much for uh, giving up some of your very precious time and hanging out with us tonight. Always love having the opportunity to speak with you. And uh, again, keep up the great work you're doing over at Southern Sense. Give my best to uh, Curtis and uh, all your other various guest hosts as they come along as well. And uh, just God bless and keep up all the great work because you are one busy lady doing a lot of important stuff. Well, thank you very much, Tim. You honor me greatly, and thank you. And you do the same. And God bless you for your hard work, sir. Thank you much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was, of course, Miss Ann Ubellis, uh, host of Southern Sense Talk Radio, one of the best talk shows, period. Not conservative talk show, not entertainment talk show, but talk show, 
period. One of the best that you will find. Always great guest, no shortage of entertainment. And uh, as she often says, you may not know where you're going, but it's always one heck of a ride, no doubt about it. Uh, link in the show description to the website as well, so feel free to click that if you're here at BTR. And in the meanwhile, guys, I, what else can we say? Uh, Sheriff Joe Apio uh, on with me tomorrow in the second hour, and of course Ron Edwards in the first hour. Uh, come back and join me live for the Wednesday show. And in the meanwhile, you know, don't give up. Keep your heads up. Things are still going strong. Uh, America is still in good hands, at least for now. And remember, the most important hands are our own. But as I always say at this point in time, whatever you take away from the show, whatever else you've done, do not take my word not for one little bit of the many things that I've told you. Be prepared to put in a little bit of effort to your own homework, to your own research. Please use more than just one source. The thing you have to do is use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. In the meanwhile, stay safe, stay healthy, and you know, be smart, even if that means going against your nature. Uh, while you're at it, go ahead and visit patriotmusic.com when you get the chance. Matt Fitzgibbons is a great historian, a fantastic musician, and an all-around great guy. He lets me use his tunes, so I, I really appreciate it. You guys have a great night. Come back tomorrow night, please, and uh, I'll see you then. In the meanwhile, I'm out, guys. Thank you.
is using both hands. 